This fresh coat of the startup life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexil series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was going to be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was going to take up a lot of our time, which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. And after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top-notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush, which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, fill your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me. Your time will thank you. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, the coronavirus outbreak presents unprecedented challenges for small businesses, causing many of them to even close their doors uh, for good. Our guest today is calling on small business leaders to join forces, educate one another, and find tangible solutions for tomorrow. She is a graduate of the University of Missouri, received her master's at Washington University of St. Louis. We like to call it WashU in St. Louis, and currently a doctoral student at the University of Chicago. She is a multi-year winner of the St. Louis Small Business Monthly Business Best Consulting Firm. She's also the founder and CEO of Black Dress Circle, where she incites and propels expansion in women's entrepreneurial businesses and she is the author of the anatomy of accomplishment your guide to bigger better bolder business results she is aaron joy aaron how are you today ma'am oh dominic i'm doing great thank you so much for the invitation to be a guest here on your amazing radio show slash podcast i appreciate I love that. it now awesome yes. awesome awesome so 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 glad to uh, have you here on the show for sure are you ready to pour some knowledge into Startup Nation today? Always, always, always. I am here to answer all the questions I possibly can, contribute in any way I can. That's really my jam. You know, that's what I uh, de- have dedicated my life to is to make a positive impact where I can. And entrepreneurship is my thing. I'm I'm deep into this world and have been for uh, 25 years. Wow. So. I'm ready to go. All righty, let's do it. So if you would, Aaron, just kind of share with us your origin story and your background, uh, you know, and, and just kind of share with us, you know, how it was growing up. Yeah, well, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, and okay. that's relevant because my parents were entrepreneurs. Okay. My parents, yeah, they both um, together owned uh, some businesses together, you know, started from nothing. Gotcha. I mean, nothing in the dining room of our, you know, childhood home. And, um, you know, they had both been teachers and educators, but mm. kind of saw their friends um, kind of getting ahead in life by being in the insurance business as an independent insurance agent with their own agencies. Gotcha. And so my parents, you know, when I was very young, I was in elementary school when they started their business. And I think that I, 
got the entrepreneurial bug pretty early. I saw my parents, you know, certainly improve their station in life. And I right. saw them, uh, you know, being able to call the shots with their own calendar and their own schedule. And I loved that. And so when I graduated college, it, I, and I went home to work with the, work for them for one summer, it just became evident to me that I should just get into business for myself. This is great. This is what I want to do. And I started out in real estate. They owned a real estate agency at the time. And I started out in um, as a real estate agent. And I've never looked back. I've been self-employed and I've been an entrepreneur ever since. I hear that. I hear that. You said that both your parents were teachers, correct? They were, yes. What, what did they teach? So my dad was a football coach and he was a typing teacher of all things back when we had key, you know, actual typewriters, not keyboards. And my mother owned a preschool. Um, So she had, she had previously done some special education uh, and then she opened her own preschool at a time when, um, at a time when banks would not lend to women unless Mm. their husbands signed on the loan. And my mother refused. So she was able to open her preschool, get a loan without a co-signature um, from a male you know, spouse. Right. And, um, you know, I think that that kind of um, that that spirit it really is what startup founders, what entrepreneurs have to have, which is I'm not taking no for an answer. Right. And I'm not going to just, you know, kind of follow along um, down this path the way that maybe other, other people would, because they're rule followers, you know, startup founders, entrepreneurs are rule breakers and we tend to create our own rules. And that's part of, um, that's part of our makeup. Um, you know, the, the vast majority of society works in a company, in a corporation, you know, it's, it's unusual to be someone who's willing to take the risks and pour every aspect of yourself into a business. Um, and, you know, kind of, go against the grain, but that's exactly what founders and entrepreneurs do. Right. For sure. And, and I imagine, cause I, I know for what you do in uh, black dress circle where you empower, you know, women entrepreneurs and things of that nature and seeing your mom, uh, kind of go through that saying that like, no, I'm not taking that answer. You know, as far as <laughs> like, trying to get that loan, have needed a man to sign for it and stuff like that. I imagine it had a profound impact on you, that particular piece in general. Yeah, you know, I think there were a couple of things. Certainly that story, you know, that right. story as part of our family history, just, you know, my mother who, you know, in, in a way her uh, preschool was kind of a, a side hustle. Mm. And, um, you know, while my dad was still a football coach and a teacher. And, um, you know, eventually my parents, when they opened their insurance agency, my, my dad really was the one who was um, the driver of the business. And my mother was very clear about his role and her role. And she then moved into a support role. So, um, you know, my mother um, supported my dad so that he could go out and, uh, you know, call on all the companies in the, in the region that he would drive to their businesses and, and have conversations with them and win them over to put their commercial insurance with his company, with their company. My mother, on the other hand, was, you know, back at the office And, um, you know, I learned from her how to be scrappy about buying used office furniture and, you know, right. Right. And how to, you know, get really creative to create, uh, I remember, you know, growing up and, 
um, painting in our backyard the signage that was going up on the building that they had leased. And and my mother owned, you know, knee pads and elbow pads so that even when they moved into their nice new office building, you know, 10, 15 years later, and someone had to climb under the building in the crawl space wow. to wire to wire the building for more, you know, computer workstations. My mom crawled under the building with her <laughs> knee pads and her elbow pads to, you know, to wire that building. Right. And so I just come from very, you know, hardworking, scrappy people. And I think that most entrepreneurs and startup founders are hardworking, scrappy people. And one of the things that I have found through the years is that there's no substitute for those street smarts, none, you know, and, and my recipe for, um, you know, my recipe, I guess my recipe for success, if you will, is combining those street smarts with academics. Um, I, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm working on my uh, PhD. I've got uh, nothing left but my dissertation. That's the last piece. Nice. And uh, yes, and, and I'm at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, not 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 the University of Chicago. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, no, that's okay. Uh, the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. So um, I just want to be rigorous about it because sure. you know my school is not as prestigious as the University of of, of Chicago, and I wouldn't want to be inauthentic by gotcha. taking some of that University of Chicago uh, credibility. Um, so, so um, you know, I think that the, for me, the winning combo is street smarts and academics, street smarts and learning business models from podcasts and books and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, different online resources. And I think that's a really winning combo. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate all of that for sure. I, I want to ask you this because right before we started um, our conversation, you were saying that you know you had a client on the phone and stuff like that. You were trying. I to, did. Uh, yes, I was running a little late. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but you know, yes. you said it was kind of, kind of, uh, you know, a bit of an emergency, a little bit. You know, kind of. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about you know what you not necessarily what the particulars are, but like when you yeah, get a sure. call like that, you know, what's mm-hmm. the game plan here? Because it's like it probably wasn't a scheduled call, and it just kind of it was out not. Of the blue. So kind of walk me through that process a little bit. Yeah. So my, my agreement with my clients is that um, they pay a monthly membership to be in my Black Dress Circle roundtable. Right. And I, I tell them, you can text me, you can call me, you can email me anytime you need me. And, and those calls uh, that are kind of on the fly mm-hmm. are at no charge. Gotcha. And so I always want my clients to have a sounding board when they're back up, up against the wall. You know, their back's up against the wall. They've got to make a decision or something's, you know, going sideways in their business. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's kind of a recipe for disaster to handle those things alone. Um, Even if, even if all you want to do is validate your thinking with a thought partner. And Mm -hmm. so this particular client, who was so great, she sent me a text. She says, I told myself I would never text you in an emergency, but here I am. (laughs) And I need some help like ASAP. Right. I said, great. I tried to push it off until lunch. She couldn't talk until then. I said, all right, how about 10, 55 a.m.? You and I were scheduled to talk at 11. I needed <laughs> a few more minutes. Anyway, we got on the phone at 10, 55, and she said that, um, you know, she just got herself a little bit tangled up. Mm. And in in um, a business kind of around some partnerships, and I don't mean business partners, but I mean um, like strategic partners. Right. And she's going to have to have a conversation with a strategic partner that she had been wanting to avoid. She has been avoiding it. She has not wanted to have it. And now she has to have it today um, because of a move, another move that she made. And she explained to me that she was thinking about kind of sugarcoating it 
and saying it this way. And, uh, you know, my coaching to her was no, 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 no. Let's hit it right between the eyeballs. You know, you have to be clear about your intention and her intention, uh, her intention is to communicate very clearly, very powerfully, just call, you know, know, put on the table um, exactly what it is that she needs to discuss with this, with this strategic partner, even if the partner isn't going to like it. And dancing around the issue and sugarcoating it is just going to make it worse. So own up and have the conversation and keep me informed (laughs) and let's let the chips fall where they may. Absolutely. Um, So, so, you know, I think that one of the things that startup founders and entrepreneurs do that uh, is really detrimental. um, And and I totally understand it because um, entrepreneurship is, uh, it isn't, you know, it's an, it's an inside job and it's oftentimes a solo job, right? You know, yes, you might have some business partners, maybe, but I mean, the vast majority of founders and entrepreneurs do not. And, and, and so the need for a trusted advisor and the need for peers who are fellow entrepreneurs who understand you and your business, having those people, you know, on your quick dial on your phone is critical. It's absolutely critical. Right. Um, right. because Again, when your back is against the wall and um, you can't see clearly, you need someone in there kind of in the dark with you who who can see clearly and can ask you questions and point things out to you. And before you know it, the entrepreneur is you know coming out of, of the dark. And um, I think that too many entrepreneurs are um, siloed and they are alone and they... Um, you know, they, they don't have the resources around them. Right. They don't have people, you know, to lean on who they really trust. And you have to build those, like we're all learning in the coronavirus era. Right. Absolutely. You have to build those relationships before you need them. You know, That's when true. you need them, uh, yeah, you know, again, when your back is against the wall, it's sometimes too late. There were a whole lot of um, business owners who could not find a bank to help them with right. the payment protection program loan that was a huge part of the stimulus package and it's a forgivable loan. And there were business owners that could not find a bank to help them because they didn't already have those relationships before they needed them. So I'll tell you one thing I would share with your, you know, startup founder nation is to um, build those relationships. Now build your network. Now you have to know who to go to for what situations you face. And, um, it's kind of like when people talk about, they talk about, you know, getting a line of credit as a business owner, Mm -hmm. get a line of credit before you need it. And I can't tell you how many clients I have, you know, recommended that through to the years. Some of them have done it. Some have not. Now, when the virus hit the pandemic hit, there were a whole bunch of people whose income dried up and I guarantee you, they were wishing, they were wishing that they had a line of credit that they could have tapped to pay their rent, to pay their employees, to make their car payment. And so that rule of thumb of, you know, get the line of credit before you need it. I think that applies to get your banker, get your attorney, get your marketing company. You got to get these resources in place before you need them. Because when you need them, it's too late. Absolutely. And I can tell you, you come from an insurance background and your family comes from an insurance background. Yes. That's exactly what they say about insurance, right? And I'm glad. Exactly. I'm I'm glad you sent that for sure, because I I imagine you're probably getting a more 
uh, uptick in calls, but due to the coronavirus or COVID-19, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, I imagine you're getting more and more of these phone calls. We're seeing because we're seeing so many startup founders who are, like you said earlier, closing the doors because they those relationships, those that infrastructure wasn't in place beforehand. And now that you yeah. need it, it's a little bit uh, too late for some. Some have been able to kind of, you know, stem the tide a little bit, but then others uh, you know, are, you know, finding themselves in a world of hurt. And these are not just startup founders. We're seeing exactly. big companies. We're seeing the Chuck E. Cheeses. We're seeing Hertz that are, are kind yes. of filling the burn a little bit. So, you know, you know, from a particular standpoint of seeing is that we've never seen something like this before. What are some of those other things you're sharing with your clients, you know, due to these, uh, the coronavirus pandemic and the economic kind of recession we're in right now, Aaron? Well, I'll go a little bit of a different direction sure. with my answer. It might, it might surprise you a little bit okay. in that, um, you know, we're, we are, as, at the time of our recording, we are about 15 weeks into the pandemic, at least here in the Midwest. Right. And, um, you know, my life looked very different 16 weeks ago compared to where I am today. Right. Um, you know, the week before the pandemic, it was business as usual. And I was on a trajectory to, you know, franchise my business and to, and to take Black Dress Circle to other women in other markets through a franchise model. Mm -hmm. And 15 weeks later, um, after really reflecting on the changing needs of my market, uh, my changes and what I'm interested in and not interested in, um, we're totally transforming our business model mm -hmm. um, for the better. Right. Things that I would have held, things that I would have held on to fiercely uh, going back again 16 weeks ago, I am now letting go of. And so that is a common conversation that I'm now having with my clients, which is let go. Just let go. I know that you think that your business can only do X, Y, and Z services, right. but there's so much more possible and there's so much more that you know, could very much make sense for your business to make your business even more healthy and more successful. And I think it's really hard to let go of, um, you know, b b entrepreneurs, your founders, you know, my entrepreneur clients, we have to be so, so committed to our vision that when it comes time to loosen the grip and to let go a little, right. it can be very hard for people. Right. But here's one of the things, here's one of the ways that I'm framing it right now. So I think that just because it was something that I created and had planned for in the past mm. and I am letting go of it doesn't mean that I was wrong to have created that in the past right. or that that was the wrong path for me. It's just that now I have so much more information right. and, um, the context, is, the context has changed. Context has changed. Right. That's exactly right. right. You know, society is transforming. And so you can either hold on and try to just, you know, execute on who you were before, or you can let go and embrace the new context right. and create something new. And so that is very much the phase that we are in. And I intend to stay in this phase for about another year. Right. I want to take about a year to continue to reassess um, aspects of my business and create new um, 
service offerings and new workflows and I want to bring in more automation and I want to bring in artificial intelligence and, you know, I really want to change our ways. Um, so those are some of the things that I'm talking about with clients right now. In addition to, you know, nuts and bolts around business strategy and, you know, financial strategies to which the number one financial strategy right now is cash is king and queen mm. hoard cash. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so that's a little bit about what we're, you know, what we're talking about with clients today. For sure, for sure. And you know, I I, I wrote down a, a few words here, and the one that that uh, that really sticks out, based on what you were saying just now, is introspection. It, it was really mm-hmm. looking and 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 reassessing things and and seeing, you know, not necessarily question the original vision, but also just see, make sure we're on the right path, and, and be not be afraid to let go. Uh, as you say, just like yeah. a very famous Disney movie. Uh, for sure. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> for sure. Once again, we're talking to Aaron Joy, uh, the the founder and CEO of Black Dress Circles. So, but I want to talk about your book a little bit. Let me make sure I get the make sure. Where is it? It's got a long title. It's, it's got all, a long title. You're searching good. for the title. No, I, I had it written down. I was just, just that my 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 window pane was taking a little long. Yes, of course. Weird, for sure. I want to talk to you about your book. In Startup Nation, the book is The Anatomy of Accomplishment, Your Guide to Bigger, Better, Bolder Business Results. We actually have a link in the show notes for easy access if you want to purchase that. Uh, if you want to uh, listen to the replay on the podcast, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access to make that purchase. Kind of talk about the the book a little bit and how it came about. Yeah. Well, the book is really symbolic of um, my interest in women entrepreneurs, my commitment to women entrepreneurs. We have um, in our book, we have 19 chapters and 19 authors. And we have women from all over the country. Um, We have Phoenix and San Francisco and New York and Miami and uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Um, We have authors from um, uh, Wisconsin and uh, Atlanta, right. I mean, all over the country, women came together and said, I want to tell a story. I want to tell my story about maybe it's about ne- how to network like a pro, or maybe it's a story about, you know, I just had an interview yesterday with one of the authors who uh, wrote about how she's always played for the long game. Mm. That when she started her company, she was always thinking, five, 10, 20 years ahead. And so um, we have 18 amazing, very accomplished women entrepreneurs who have um, written a chapter um, and chapters are on everything from marketing to, you know, being an African-American woman in technology uh, to, you know, my chapter is all about strategy and how strategy, you know, guides everything that I do, strategic thinking. Um, And so the book, you know, you said, how did the book come to be? Um, you know, I had an opportunity presented to me by an amazing company who works on these kinds of anthology projects where there are multiple authors. And uh, it was an opportunity that fell in my lap that when I thought about, when I thought about the long game that I'm playing, when I thought about um, the ways that I want to continue to build my brand and my credibility and my reputation, a book is a really important part of that. And so I thought this just makes so much sense because, you know, with my master or sorry, with my PhD, it's, mm-hmm. uh, that's the writing that I'm doing. That's the major writing project that I'm doing. It's going to be a while until, you know, I write 
uh, books for the public um, where I can write the whole book myself. So writing a, you know, one chapter uh, and, and being the curator of the book pulling the whole thing together has just been an amazing um, kind of win-win, you know? And, and that's something I would bring to your startup nation is thinking about, you know, that things don't have to be black and white. Right. It's not like I'm either going to write a book or I'm not, you know, there are hybrid models. There's a lot of gray. Mm. And so for me, this was the perfect way um, to have a book and to be a published author Right. Without diverting attention, major amounts of attention, I should say, right. for my dissertation. Absolutely. So we have to get really comfortable as founders dancing in the gray. Absolutely. And being strategic, as you would say, yes. uh, as well, because I, I think that's super, in sport, super important, especially in this day and age, you know, as of this recording and stuff like that, because, you know, that that rigidity can really get you in trouble and 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 not being able to kind of pivot and stuff like that. But also just thinking outside the box, because I know a lot of times I get, you know, uh, inspired by things that has n- have nothing to do with podcasting. It's like, oh, OK, that's kind of different. So I bring that strategy or strategic mindset uh to the show and stuff like that so i appreciate you sharing that for sure totally agree Absolutely. totally agree i think we could you know to your point about being strategic and and looking outside of your industry for inspiration for knowledge for right. marketing ideas applying those things to your business that is something i am always recommending to my clients and to entrepreneurs is to surround yourself not only with people who are your, in your industry, those, those relationships are very important as well, but people outside your industry who do things differently and they do things in a way that you could too, that could be perhaps better than the way that your industry tackles things. Um, and so some, you know, again, going back to surrounding ourselves with peers who are both industry peers as well as non-industry peers, right. it's really critical. For sure. For sure. And, and Startup Nation, when you uh, go through the book, like you said, th- there's many amazing stories. And you mentioned the one, uh, you know, uh, about the young lady in tech, you know, black girl in Techlandia. Kind of share with us a little bit about yeah. that story, if you don't mind. Yeah. So it's a, a, a really powerful woman entrepreneur who, you know, got started in tech when when women weren't in technology. Right. And when women of color were not as welcomed in technology. And, you know, our author shares about the moves that she had to make and relationships that she had to navigate, you know, uh, to to be successful. I think that one thing that all entrepreneurs um, learn along the way is that we have to have thick skin Mm. to um, handle, you know, the naysayers, the negative feedback, the people who think that we're a little bit um, out there, you know, that we have such big ideas, you know, can't we just settle down a little bit? And so that's exactly what Adonica shares about in, uh, you know, in her chapter um, in the anatomy of accomplishment. Um, And I, you know, I personally, uh, I think that, I think that books like this podcasts like yours, um, they are such a critical part for entrepreneurs to know that, you know, we're not alone. You're not alone. The issues that you're facing, other people are facing them as well. And, um, and so, you know, I think that, uh, I personally think that we can't get enough good content in, in the form of podcasts, in the form of books, in the form of courses, 
you know, whatever the case may be, conversations with our, again, with our peers, with our trusted advisors. Right. You know, and I'm glad you said that, you know, as far as like, you're not in this alone. And and I think many of us, when we hear like, you know, the big names and entrepreneurship and stuff like that, and we hear some of their stories, but even when we hear some of the stories amongst our peers, I think that proof of concept is the same, not necessarily the proof of concept of like success, but the proof of concept of failure, which reminds you like, okay, they didn't have like this elevator ride up to the top. No, no, no. There were bumps and bruises and stuff like that. And I think people who are just starting out, especially those startup founders can definitely relate to that. And I think that's just as important to hear those failures as it is to hear the successes of everybody else. So I'm glad you said that. You know, I totally agree with you, Dominic. And that's really the cornerstone of uh, our company at Black Dress Circle. Right. Our, our flagship offering is our entrepreneur roundtables, where women entrepreneurs come together and learn from each other. And what you're speaking to is exactly what they're there to learn. Mm-hmm. They want to learn, hey, what, what, what did not work for you? So, so let's just take an example like, hey, when you were um, having to separate with your business partner, what did you learn and what did not work? Because I want to learn from you and shorten my learning curve and have your pain that you experienced when you separated from that partner um, not go to waste, but you can actually make a difference for other entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And so that, yeah, so I think that um, it's one thing to, it, and I think it's extremely valuable to hear those. Um, you know, to your point, those you know, failures, mm-hmm. it's just as valuable to hear, you know, what does work, what did work for you. Um, and that's why the, the, there's just no substitute for a strong peer network of, again, both industry peers and non-industry peers. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And Startup Nation, when you go to uh, when you go to blackdresscircle.com, uh, uh, there, there's tons of, you know, content from the videos that she has, but also where you can sign up uh, to to be a part of those workshops, part of those events. I imagine a lot of them are, are virtual uh, these days, but uh, they sure are. you can definitely uh, be a part of that. But go to blackdresscircle.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay uh, on the podcast. So, Aaron, when, when we signed up for one of these, you know, uh, round table events or round table, uh, table talks, if you will, and stuff like that, kind of walk me through what, you know, we get to experience a, a little bit, uh, as far as like, you know, the type of content, uh, you know, the type of, not just the, uh, you can do a type of content, but also like the, yeah. those tangible tools and building a business and working around, you know, uh, uh, adversity in business and things of that nature. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, our program really um, is founded on two main um, kind of distinctions. One is that entrepreneurs uh, do extremely well in an environment where they get that, like you just said, you can do it, where they get that social support Mm -hmm. coupled with training and education. Gotcha. And so that's exactly what we bring to the table, so to speak, in our Black Dress Circle Entrepreneur Roundtables. Um, and so when our, when, our, when our clients come together um, once a month, uh, and uh, to your point, uh, right now it's virtual. And actually, right now it's virtual, and we broke our long sessions up into two times per month. Gotcha. Because okay. um, folks, folks are having a hard time taking a half day away from their office right now. Understood. Um, so we're, do- we're doing two two-hour sessions at once right now. Anyway, um, you know, we we start by reminding everyone that what we talk about there is confidential. And that is part of the magic of Black Dress Circle uh, roundtables is that there are no clients at the table. 
Um, you, you, if, if you have, you know, you can't be in a round table with someone who is your client and there are no competitors at the table. So it really is a very safe space where entrepreneurs and founders can let their hair down. They can talk about what's really going on in their business, what's really going on in their life. They can get that. You can do it support. Um, but they also get training every single month. I develop some piece of content from both my street smarts and my academic pursuits that I bring to the table. And entrepreneurs, one of the things we need, in addition to peer support, in addition to having the right advisors, we need training and education. Mm. Um, you know, that's something that that corporations have that, you know, is such a competitive advantage over, over entrepreneurs and business owners is that they have, you know, access to so much more training and development. Uh, and so entrepreneurs really need to pull that to them. Right. So I train my clients on everything from how to delegate, what gets in the way of delegation, what to delegate, um, to time management, to business strategies. Um, we do, we regularly do business plan reviews mm. so that business owners can kind of look back to see, Hey, you know, these are the goals I set out for the year. And I'm at the end of the first quarter. How am I doing? Right. Um, and a lot of, a lot of folks, you know, just don't and won't do that on their own. And that's normal. Right. Um, so that's what we really exist to help provide is that framework for entrepreneurs to get the support that they need and the training that they need. All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. This fresh coat of the startup life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexel series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was going to be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was going to take up a lot of our time which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. And after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush, which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, feel your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me. Your time will thank you. The startup life is powered by Ladder. Startup Nation, as an entrepreneur, you are the engine that powers your business. We have had many entrepreneurs on the show, from those that played Division II basketball, quite a few Ironman participants, and even an NFL quarterback. And the one thing they all have in common is that they know getting early morning workout wins leads to business success for the day. However, it's super important what fuel you use for your workout to get that early morning success. And that's where Ladder comes in. Ladder is a sports nutrition company founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party that is trusted by all major professional sports organizations, including the NBA, NFL, MLB, 
and more to verify the highest standards for quality, but more importantly, safety. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Personally, I like superfood greens. Not only does it include the most essential nutrients that are hard to get in your diet, like magnesium, zinc, B vitamins, and vitamin D, they also included the Rodelio root, which helps keep you healthier when stress is high, but also it helps support immunity according to many studies. Use code BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. That's BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off at ladder.sport. So maybe you're not trying to be a four-time league MVP or a seven-time Mr. Olympia, but you still need the tools to elevate your health that elevates your business. So go with Ladder and prepare to get better every day. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. You know, Startup Nation, I'm actually on uh, Aaron Joy's Facebook page, uh, <laughs> Aaron Joy STL. And, and so, I, I, you know, and you do videos there as well. And they're probably a little different uh, sort than what you do, on, you know, have on your website and stuff like that. But I, I want to talk about how, you know, because one of the things that we're we're starting to see is, you know, you, we talk about workplace etiquette, but now we're trying to we're starting to see more and more about video and virtual etiquette as well. Like, you know, what to have in the background and, you know, how to be presentable virtually when giving presentations and stuff like that. And I just have to say, I love your background. I, I guess it's maybe your living room or it's maybe my living room. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And it's I like, have a, I have a teeny tiny house and gotcha. I'm sitting in my, on all my videos. I'm most of my videos, at least I'm sitting in my, what used to be my dining room and is now my home office. Right. And I would say that my kitchen is about three feet from where I'm sitting. Gotcha. <laughs> and then my living room starts about three feet behind me. Um, so it's a tiny, tiny space, but it turns out that it, you know, it's, it's, it's playing well for video and um, you know, it's, it's a very comfy and cozy space. And I think there's something to be said for people being able to um, see your personal space. Now that's, that, that works for some, that makes sense for some people and right. their brands and not for others gotcha. for me and for my brand and for how I intend to connect deeply with people. Mm -hmm. Part of my, um, approach is to be very open. Just, I'm an open book and, um, you'll see in fact on the Facebook live that I did today, you know, I got a little teary eyed when I was talking about so today's Facebook Live was the last in the coronavirus series of kind of phase one. I came out with a Facebook Live every single morning mm -hmm. when the virus hit here right. in the Midwest. Uh, Monday, March 16th, I did Facebook Live just answering questions and, um, you know, bringing information uh, and, and inspiration to my, to my audience and to my community. Right. And so I have a very, um, you know, I have, a, I have an interest in being very open and transparent um, with, with all the work that I do. So I like letting people in and letting them really see my home. Um, and for some people that may not make sense, but it's what's right for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I wanted to comment because it, your, 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 your space is warm and inviting, even though it's virtually, it's very warm and inviting. And I wanted to ask you this, you know, like, you know, even if it's somebody, you know, that's 
that, that kind of does something similar to what you do. What are some of those like, you know, maybe do's and don'ts when you're giving a virtual, uh, you know, presentation or you even, you know, may, maybe working a nine to five and you're in a virtual meeting with your company. What are some of those do's and don'ts in your opinion? Well, I think one of the biggest things is that, and it's such a simple thing, but uh, folks have got to get the angle on their computers just so right. and get their lighting, get their lighting down. So uh, people have commented on, you know, the, the, the look of my videos. And so that's, you know, because I have a great, I have great natural light in my space, but I also have a ring light and it's shining right down on me when I'm producing video. And my laptop is up on a, a laptop stand with an external um, camera. Mm-hmm. I use the uh, Logitech HD 10. Uh, it's the, Oh, it's a, I think it's Logitech 1030 is gotcha. the name of it. Okay. Uh, could be 10, could be 1040, but um, it's a great, great camera. And so I have good quality of camera and um, I have it at the right angle up on a laptop stand so I can get that right angle. Right. Um, I have the, the ring light mm-hmm. and I have an external microphone. So, uh, you know, you can buy an Audio Technica 2020. That's a great, great, great microphone. The Audio Technica 2020 USB. And it needs no software, no nothing. You literally just plug it in and it's ready to be used. And it then presents, you know, great sound. Um, so I know that it takes a little bit of investment. Um, right. I would encourage, I would, right, right. I would encourage people to just chip away a little bit at a time, like any other major project. You know what they say? How do you eat an elephant? Oh, one one bite, at, one a bite at a time. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> so you know, maybe you, you spend the eighty dollars on a ring light first, and then you eventually add your microphone. I think this microphone was maybe around a hundred dollars. Um, so you know, these things can seem more complicated than they are. Right. Um, but that has made a big difference for me on video quality. And then I think the other thing is just being very comfortable with, um, you know, muting yourself, turning your camera on and off just to respect the other people on the call. You know, it's a, it's a good rule of thumb that if you're not speaking that you're muted. Um, so yeah, I think those are some of the things that I do that are having, you know, those, those online efforts work. Right. You know, and, and I'm glad you mentioned all of that. You know, I, I think also, you know, and I, I don't know why we need to remind people of this because we're seeing more and more people and we're seeing viral moments of people being on these virtual meetings and not wearing pants or something like that, right. something embarrassing like that. But I'm glad you said the part about, you know, the type of camera that you use and the ring light and stuff like that. Cause I imagine if you're in this space and this is something that kind of accentuates your brand startup nation, you need to make that investment because I'm looking at Aaron's video and it's clear. It, it looks like it's you know shot by NBC or some major studio <laughs> or something like that. But I think that's important to make uh, that investment. And I actually, I want to put you on the spot here, Aaron, just a little bit because I'm, I'm looking at the video that you made just this morning and somebody commented, and I want to read one of those comments really quickly. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's pretty long, but it says, thank you for the motivation you have provided for so many over the last 15 weeks. Your videos have been a great way to start the day. You're spot on that. We have to reconsider uh, the way we've been conducting business. So Aaron, I just want to put you on the spot here a little bit. When you hear comments like that to videos and just other testimonials and like that, what does that mean to you? Well, um, you know, it means that I am fulfilling my commitment. I am I fulfilling that. on my mission. You know, I, about 20 years ago, I literally dedicated my life. Like I made a statement that I was dedicating my life to greatness in humanity, that humanity, that people 
are great and they're amazing. And I want to fuel that. I want to be someone who um, unleashes that in people in any way that they are held back. And so what it says to me is that I am um, that my mission is being fulfilled. It's in the it's in the process of being fulfilled. That I am on the right track, and that um, you know that, that if I keep listening uh, to what people need and want, and respond to that, um, I shift and pivot and adjust and mm-hmm. um, notice what is needed and uh, provide it. That um, you know that my that my commitment will be fulfilled. And I think that, you know, right now, as we're in the pandemic and as society is transforming, as business is transforming, we're experiencing a digital transformation. I think that the more we can listen and uh, be open to making, you know, pivots and adjustments to serve people where they need to be served and how they need to be served, um, that's really the name of the game. People's needs are changing. And, um, you know, what we were holding on to about our past and the way that it was, you know, may not be relevant anymore. Um, so it just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply honored when people take the time to say things like that. Um, and, uh, it just, it, it really gives me the, the fuel to keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope it was okay mm-hmm. to ask you about that. I, yes, I, like definitely. That, that, that comment literally just popped up. And so I wanted to kind yes. of get that in real time for sure. Thank you for sharing that. So I, I want to ask you this because, you know, you know, you talked about your parents being in edu- being in education and you're kind of an educator in that regard, you know, as well for what you do in black dress circle and things of that nature. I want to ask you this. What's your teaching style? Are you the funny one? Are you the informative one? Are you the inspiring one? Like, what's your teaching <laughs> style if I were to ask one of your clients? I think I think my clients would tell you that um, I, I present from both my street smarts as well as my academic uh, experience. Okay. And I, what I've always done, Dominic, um, since I've been in, you know, higher education starting about nine years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nine years ago now. Um, so I've always scaled, um, what I've learned in academia to small business. Most of, um, at least business academics are housed and, and kind of framed inside of large corporations. And so I just bring my kind of scrappy style to my teach, my presenting style, my teaching style. My my style is very much like we're talking about right now. Um, You know, I I share my experience and I share um, what I've learned and and what, you know, what I've, what the research supports. Um, But I would say, you know, I have have a pretty informal style um, and I always use my own self and my own business as an example Mm. um, because I've got nothing to hide. And, um, so, you know, people like to, I'm, I'm constantly, um, sharing with my clients, Hey, here's my strategy. So watch this strategy unfold over the next several months and, you know, rip it off and apply it in your own business. So watch how I do this and this and this, and they're all knitted together. And how could you do that in your business or your version of that? So that's my style. I just, I just kind of open up, you know, my business plan. And um, share what I'm learning and, um, you know, keep giving it back to my community. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. You know, when I was looking at the book, uh, you know, Aaron, I I saw, you know, where you talked about uh, the eight success levers for the strategic 
entrepreneurs. And one of those were you were talking about timeline and you actually talked about using the strategy of a timeline about like playing pool. So I, I so so for somebody to bring that up in a book, I I have to ask if you were a pool player or you like to play billiards <laughs> from time to time. That, that doesn't seem no, but it, OK, go ahead. It, no, but I, I mean, I, I love I love the analogy. Right, and I right. think um, I, I, I am I do love a lot of uh, recreation and and uh, I have a, a variety of interests outside of business for sure. And right. outside of my academics, um, I love the analogy that. Um, you can see it in pool. You can see it in hockey. You can see it, you know, in baseball. Right. Um, you certainly can see it in business. And that is that you've got to look not where that pool shot is about to go, just that on that first shot, but what happens to the other balls that you're gonna, going to hit when you are aiming to take that shot, you know, and is it best to take a straight shot? Or is it best to take a little bit of a side route mm. to accomplish what you want to accomplish? And, you know, sometimes the, the right path is, is that side route. Sometimes it's a straight shot. Um, you know, and, and I think that the key is to be able to slow down and think critically about what the right shot is. Absolutely. And it's not always just, you know, one for one. I've got a I've got a cue ball. I've got a uh, pool stick and I'm going to hit that ball into that pocket. It might be I need to hit that ball just a little bit because that's going to set up my next shot. And entrepreneurs tend to be um, impatient. Mm. Uh, that's across the board. We tend to be an impatient people because um, we you know are so passionate about doing what we are, are have set out to do. Um, but sometimes we've got to be patient and take some steps today that we're going to, you know, uh, harvest or benefit from, you know, months or years down the road. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. I, I want to ask you this really quickly because I, you know, I, I saw also on your Facebook timeline where, you know, you kind of shared uh, and this is from a few weeks ago where you shared like a symposium um, of African-American women kind of talking about, you know, the kind of the social unrest that we have in, in our country right now. And even in your book, you highlight, you know, some of the stories come from, uh, you know, prominent African-American women telling their story uh, and stuff like that. Is, is that something that's, you know, that you kind of wanted to push? Is that something that's kind of, you know, uh, you want to kind of share with the world? Kind of share with me a little bit about that. Well, you know, we, we knew when we created this book that we wanted to have diversity in terms of geography, background, right. and um, ethnic diversity. Right. And there's a lot of research that shows that um, in publicly traded companies, for example, the companies that have women on their boards, that have diversity on their boards, they financially outperform. Right. companies that don't have that diversity. Right. And so we know that, you know, I, I want to bring forth, you know, the best products, the best services. Um, I want to be a responsible corporate citizen. I hear that. And yeah. And so, so it's my duty to, um, to shine the spotlight on as many people as possible and as many diverse people as possible. And when, 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 um, the social unrest that we are experiencing right now in the United States and in the world right. um, really became um, came to the forefront. Right. Um, white people like me, uh, you know, became uncomfortable with our silence. Gotcha. I became 
uncomfortable with my silence, with my uh, complacency about how our society has been constructed. And so I definitely, um, you know, am interested in using my platform. Um, my platform is made up of all kinds of things. It's our conversation right here, right now. It's my social media accounts. It's my speaking engagements, the book. It's, it's all the things. Um, I, I became very interested in and, and, and downright committed to using my platform to do what I can do in my area of the world, uh, to, to fight for equality. And so I have a long way to go. And I came out and made a statement in early June that black lives matter Mm -hmm. and they do. And that I, you know, um, reject police brutality. I reject racism and, uh, I am taking on the, 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 you know, kind of the um, mission that so many white people are taking on and so many people of color have already been championing and that's to be anti-racist. Got you. Uh, so, so it is all intentional because, you know, the more you, I think, grow and, um, have attention, the more there is a responsibility to use that for good. And so I'm just getting started. I've got a long way to go. I have a call with a consultant next week. In fact, who's going to kind of look at my business and look at, you know, what are some ways that I can make a positive impact inequality. And in my case, it would be inequality for African-American women entrepreneurs. What can I do to create a more level playing field? Because the playing field is so far from level. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. As an Mm African-American myself, I definitely appreciate everything you just said and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. For sure. Uh, On a lighter note, though, I want to ask you this because you talked about you, you have some other recreational interests and stuff like that. What are those? (laughs) <laughs> I love that question. That's so fun. <laughs> well, um, so it's, it's kind of funny because when people, when people see my, like my, you know, my photos and my professional, you know, persona, right. they would not guess that they would not guess that I love to go to yard sales at okay. thrift stores. Okay. They would not guess that I'm a camper, but I grew up camping with my family in gotcha. my hometown right. when, you know, my family had no money for recreation. We camped all summer, every summer uh, on the weekends, at least I should say for 13 years in the same campground on the same water, you know, sort of same uh, body of water, I should say the same lake. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm a camper. I grew up as a camper. And when the virus hit and I was noticing, um, you know, kind of the, the, uh, Ooh, how intense, how intensely I was working. I knew I needed to build in some, some pretty serious breaks for myself. So I stocked up on a bunch of camping gear okay. and my, my daughter and I, every weekend that we are together, which is six weekends this summer, um, we are, uh, loading up the car with our camping gear, our bicycles. We just bought an inflatable kayak. Oh, wow. We bought a Frisbee, like we are getting all into even more outdoor recreation. And, you know, just a couple days in the woods and nature, just my daughter and I um, sleeping in a tent, cooking on the campfire, you know, going for hikes, going for a little kayak um, ride around the lake. Um, That's just uh, so restorative. 
And, you know, my, my area of study as an academic is in the area of success and well-being right. among entrepreneurs. And I'm very curious how entrepreneurs use well-being or wellness to fuel their success. And so I really challenge myself to um, to sort of walk the walk uh, and not just talk the talk. And so I'm pretty fanatical about taking care of myself and um, getting outside and exercising and unplugging because that's good for business. You know, that. going camping this weekend is good for business because I come back refreshed, recharged. I've had a change of pace, a change of scenery so I can think differently, think more strategically. Um, so those are some of the things that I'm into, at least right now. So I, I want to ask you this because, you know, you, you talked about going to yard sales and thrift stores and stuff like that. <laughs> Have you ever come across like a, a like an amazing find? Like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I found this. Have you ever come across oh, anything like that? so 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 many i mean where do where do i even begin so when you when you look at my when you look at my home like you were just talking about my videos right um there's only one piece of furniture in my entire house that is brand spanking new okay i mean everything that i own is vintage and repurposed Mm. and uh you know maybe maybe even family history i mean looking at this sofa right here that um, a, a really high quality, very comfortable, beautiful sofa that rather than, you know, trying to buy some cheap piece of junk, you know, <laughs> that, that would fit my budget um, right. from a brand new store. Uh, I got this from one of my clients whose business is in furniture resale. Oh, okay. So, you know, I probably paid $700 for a $3,000 sofa. Wow. Um, I mean, there are, Dominic, there are too many to even to even try to find, I really avoid paying retail at all costs. Mm. And, um, you know, we've said that, uh, you know, in the coronavirus era, really pretty much always cash is king and queen. Right. And so saving money um, is so good for business. I know that sounds obvious, but, you know, the more money that we have in our savings accounts, the more our stress level decreases. Mm. And the more our stress level That's decreases, true. the more we can make really powerful boss moves in our businesses. The more we can say no to a client who's not a good fit for us because we're not desperate for income. Right. Um, and, and I've lived a lot of years desperate for income. I've been, I've been self-employed for 25 years, you know, and I've, I've had a couple of, of careers within that time. Right. So um, I save money wherever I possibly can. And the coronavirus pandemic has really reinforced that. And has taught me so much about what I really value. And I value having cash in the bank more than I value having a manicure every three weeks. I hear that. I think two things I get from that. First of all, and you said this earlier, but I want to reemphasize the point. Cash is king and queen, startup nation. So clearly that's a big interesting, that's a, that's a definitely uh, something you want to put in your entrepreneurial toolkit. But also yes. the, the fact that, you know you know, you're uh, looking for those, those treasures when you go through yard sales and stuff like that, that, that dynamic, that strategic mindset easily applies uh, to your business and stuff like that. And I'm so glad you made that connection, Aaron, for sure. Yeah. It's a great example of being scrappy, right? right? Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, it, it's, 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 it's the same skill set of making it work, making do, uh, figuring out a way, you know, reusing something rather than buying a new one. 
you know, repurposing things. I think that that mentality and that mindset is really good for business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that. And before I ask the last question, I just want to say, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. You gave amazing value. Once again, Startup Nation, the the uh, website is blackdresscircle.com. And also we have a link to buy uh, Aaron's book, uh, The Anatomy of Accomplishment, Your Guide to Bigger, Better, Bolder Business Results. Both of those links, Startup Nation, are in the show notes if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. Now, Aaron, I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you because there's somebody out there in Startup Nation that's feeling a little discouraged, a little down with everything going on. Give us some words of encouragement to take us out for today, if you would. Well, this virus is tough. Startup life is tough and you are tougher. You are so much stronger than you know, than you realize. I think that's the gift of uh, of being a startup founder. I think that's the gift of the coronavirus era is that we are all stripping away uh, the unnecessary stories we have about ourselves and we are tapping into who we really are and what we really value and what we truly are here to accomplish. And I just want to say that, you know, whatever you want to accomplish, you can do it. You really can do it, but you can't do it alone. And it might not happen on the the time frame that you originally conceived, and that's okay. Surround yourself with your peers and surround yourself with trusted advisors and Go make it happen. I hear that. Awesome stuff. And that's going to wrap up our time on the Startup Life. Aaron Joy, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciated your time. Dominic, thank you so much for the invitation. It was a pleasure. No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.